Hey, hey, everyone. This is the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. What does it mean to thrive? I mean, how do people who learn how to thrive perceive and interact with the world differently from those who settle or live in a state of survival? What does it take to move from one state to another? Here's the thing, the mindset of a thriver, this is just like psychological terms, includes an ability to trust in the flow of life rather than always needing to control it. It's a big difference. People who know how to thrive actually develop the capacity to perceive life through the lens of possibilities and opportunities rather than through a filter of obstacles and limitations. They look for why things can happen rather than why they can't. And thriving necessitates the ability to present to what's happening in the moment rather than worrying about the future, ruminating over the past. This is interesting. Research has found that there are universal traits that people who know how to thrive possess. Number one is self-acceptance. Two is the courage to face your doubts and fears. And three, the willingness to hold those parts of you that you may have shame around with compassion. It's almost like not taking yourself too seriously and knowing that life is happening as it's supposed to happen and that we can learn and grow and create opportunities with it. I want to share actually a story around this. I worked with a woman once who was operating on surviving and not thriving. And before working together, she had this like string of bad relationships. She was in a toxic work environment. She barely had time for herself because she was so busy working, having one bad date after another. And she also had health issues on top of it. So she was like, her body was a mess and she wasn't exercising. And she literally was hanging by a thread and couldn't see a way out of a rabbit hole. So course, I always get a history with everybody that I work with, and I came to understand that she had a really tough upbringing where she had to take care of her parents both physically and emotionally. And her, her whole experience up until that time that we were working together is that you just have to do what you have to do to get by, right, to survive in life, and that relationships don't work out. And so she told me that the dating world to her was this big, scary jungle and she didn't know how to navigate it. So the first thing I said to her, I said, actually, you're right. If you see the dating world as a jungle with like scary beasts that you're, <laughs> that you're are navigating that world as, as like you're on that show Survivor, then guess what? You will continue to just survive and it'll be hard. It'll be constantly feeling like you are in that jungle. And then I pushed her a little. I said, but what if you put yourself on a different show. What if you thought of yourself more like The Bachelorette, where you had a ton of men to choose from, and that you got to play with as many men as you wanted to? And I actually had her do some visualization around this, and I had her see herself as a hot woman, exuding sex appeal with her clothes, her flirting skills, you know, and she, she was able to attract whoever she wanted to attract. And we talked about that it was her perspective that was holding her back from being that woman. 
how she saw herself, knowing what she deserved. So, of course, I did my usual one-two punch coaching, and I did flirt sessions, therapy, coaching. Well, you guys know the drill. And I mapped out this plan so that she could thrive in her dating life. And so she did. And she actually ended up meeting a great guy in her improv class. I made her take an improv class. And she was really in that playful state. And so she attracted this guy. And they're still together today. And I think it's been like two years now. And here's the thing. You guys have heard me talk about this. What shows up in one area of your life often leaks into others. And when you start thriving in one area, it just, it really, like, it's this kind of abundance that happens to you in all areas of your life. So she also got this new job, and and now it's like a healthy work environment, and she has solid friendships, and she has a you know, regular exercise routine. Everything had changed. She got out of the rabbit hole, and now she's thriving, not surviving. So when you label yourself and allow your past experiences to define life you live now, you actually give away your power, and you limit yourself from becoming all that you are meant to become. And if And you have to see it to yourself to believe it and you will become it. So with me today and actually sitting right next to me here in New York City in this really funky hotel, we're having so much fun. I have a very special guest who is going to inspire the hell out of you and talk about how to thrive out loud. He is a connector, a motivator, an entrepreneur, leader, and thriver, of course. And for over 25 years, he has been a top sales performer, keynote speaker, and performance mentor. He is also the CEO of Thrive, a company focused on helping brands become even more amazing through the power of connecting. When he isn't speaking or working on his top-rated Thrive Loud podcast, which I was just on, we had super fun, he is watching his kids grow up too fast, obsessing over how bad his sports teams are, (laughs) listening to country music, uh, and playing some (laughs) not-so-great golf, helping us connect to Thrive. Please join me in welcoming from New York City, best-selling author, oh, I didn't know you were an author, podcaster and former club DJ, Lou Diamond. Oh, uh, Kim. That, oh, my gosh. Uh, first of all, I got I to say, the uh, your sermon to open this thing was pretty cool. I love that technique, actually, to hit a topic and tap into it. And uh, what a great story about your client, friend, and, and surviving versus thriving. It's, it's such a great comparison between the two and such a great observation of how you look at things. The only thing I kept thinking about was that she just needed to turn turn her channel, you know, instead of watching the Survivor oh, right. Network. Like, you know, she had to go from CBS to ABC to watch The Bachelorette, I guess. That's <laughs> awesome. But the problem is she didn't know she had another channel. She didn't even know there was another one out there. She didn't think there totally. was an option. She's like, that's my TV show, right? And so, yeah. Well, I have a question for you because... You're doing all this stuff, and I can't wait to hear about all these people that you've helped thrive, and both in business and just in life in general. But what got you passionate about this whole notion of thriving? Mm-hmm. Like, were you surviving at one point and then was thriving, or like? It's it's a great question. I uh, I believe that I've been very fortunate because I was put on this planet to work with the most amazing people and help them thrive through the power of connecting, and. I have always been a connector first. What I didn't realize was that by being this master connector, I was inherently thriving in everything that I did. All those things that you talked about in the opening about positivity and the way that you see the world and it's never just a chance that something could go wrong and something can go right. That, that is 
That is the learned behavior or the environment that I always wanted to position myself in. I would give that credit to my parents, mm -hmm. who my father was an entrepreneur and always trying to find how to do the best thing and make do with what you can. Uh, and interestingly, never worry about money, uh, which was a big fight in our family because <laughs> my mm -hmm. mom always did worry about money, but my dad didn't worry about it. Never make that the problem. And that is so true. Too often we make money the problem in our careers. So we're so focused on making the dollars that we feel we need the dollars to make us happy or make us thrive. What I learned while I was working on Wall Street was there was a time when I wasn't making as much money and I was really enjoying the chase to try to make the money and I was loving what I was doing. Then when I was making the money, I wasn't as excited anymore because it was all about the money. Mm. And I was missing out on the thing that I did best, which was I started to say, well, what do I like about what I do every day? And that was helping my clients grow. That was finding new opportunities. That was bringing people together that had never been brought together before and that there was some power in that. So when I left Wall Street after years of working on it, and I was a consultant before that and have always had this entrepreneurial sales expertise. I'm the one who they always brought in and said, we have to figure out how to solve this problem and I'd get more business. What I recognize is the way that I did things was a little bit differently than everybody else had traditionally told you to do things. I had more of this consulting, coaching way of connecting with people, asking great questions, finding out what the problems were, never making it about myself, always making it about the person we were trying to connect with and recognize that that skill of helping people connect for their business development growth or their marketing message or the leadership with how they manage their people was all the same. Uh, no different than I learned about you, Kimberly, that there's no difference in the way that you actually coach women versus men and in their way that they should be dating or the way they can look and their charisma and their quotient and how everything balances together. I've realized that everyone knows that if they learn how to thrive through the power of connecting, that there is no limits, there's no potential, no stopping point from what you can do. It's just constantly moving onward and upward, which is thriving. So my whole life is helping people and, and companies and businesses do this every day. And a lot of that is an internal attitude. A lot of that is also understanding that these can be coached, these skills that you need to work on to strengthen what I call your connecting core. And once you do that, it is an incredible energy that you bring to the table that people want to be involved in your world. I'm sure uh, we'll talk about this because you have an outside-in approach on how people should be in the way they look and working in. And I think that is true in letting people in to be con to connect with them comes from how you initially meet with them in the first place. And well, your first I, I love that because yeah. I mean the whole notion of connection. Obviously, that's like my tagline, right? And the charisma quotient, but also as it applies to dating, you know, because I think so many times people, right, get bogged down on maybe negative experiences they've had in the past where they don't think that they can move forward, or they spend a lot of time worrying about the future that they lose the focus of connecting right in front of them. What's right there? And and that's the power of like dating, really. I mean, that's how people find each other is when they focus more on the dating. I always say there's two C words that people need to do when they're dating. It's connecting and getting curious. 
Oh, that's perfect. Curiosity. Right? Yeah. Curiosity. And I know that you do that yeah. too when you're interviewing people, when you're helping people thrive. So I love that whole notion about connection. But like, okay, so I know and I deal with this with a lot of people I work with. They're like, that's great. You sound like, you know, you just have that in you, right? And, and it's so easy for you. What would you say to people who do have a hard time thriving? And are there steps that they can take to kind of push themselves forward? Absolutely. Uh, first of all, we all have it in us. Every one of us has it in our own unique way. And some might have it a little bit more outward boundly. Like, you know, you see people and like, oh, that, that person's just a natural connector. Yeah. And, and there are components to sales or flirting or networking or any of the ways that you're trying to meet people that require a little bit of that externally focused way of doing things. But I'll flip on this and say that there's, there's an art to how you connect with people. And it's everybody's got different muscles and strengths. Someone might be very outwardly bound on the outside, but if they don't have a lot of meat on the inside to who they are in their world, that's kind of hard. Like you might get too tired of them or they might be too talky. You know, these people right, that right. I always joke about this, like, um, and I too have helped people on their, their dating and helping their connecting. You have. In my book, Master the Art of Connecting, there is a whole piece of talking about when I first started coaching mm -hmm. that I actually went out and we did an, a massive dating experiment, really, to find out really what was more important. Was it more important to be authentic to who you were than maybe some perception or brand that you needed to be. What's the most important characteristic? Doesn't matter how you look, doesn't matter whatever is what we were fighting about, me and a colleague of mine, was that authenticity was the most important thing that we look at when we're trying to find something we want to meet somebody. Mm -hmm. And we proved this by actually creating a kind of little social project of initially um, three men going out and meeting women in bars in different parts of Austin, Texas. And we had three guys play three different types of roles and we wanted to see who would be more successful and they were given certain tasks and we could talk about that or I could send a link to where that is, but the yeah, results were fascinating. Cool. So. Wow, so what I'm inquiring minds want to know, so what were the different characteristics? The three characteristics yeah. we had, these, these gentlemen were, one was very, we'll put it, um, outwardly aggressive, and I want to use the mm. word aggressive, not mm. physically aggressive. They just were very confident walking in the room, and they were very forward. They were the type of person who would go straight up to everybody and just start the conversation. Without hesitation. Without hesitation. Right. No hesitation whatsoever. Um, then we had reserved, the exact opposite of that. Mm. Somebody who would sit back and wouldn't move forward and just either wait for people to come to him in that environment. And the third one was difficult because the third one was they just had to be exactly who they normally were. They, hadn't, they couldn't pretend to be something else, so they were authentically them. So we had three men who went to three different bars at three different times and all rotated in each one of those roles. In each instant, yeah. the one who played their themselves as the authentic role was more successful in they connecting thrived. with other people and they thrived. Interesting. It was fascinating, in fact. But I think that's really a great kind of answer, actually, to my question. And, like, how can people thrive? Like, mm -hmm. how can people be successful? And it does lie within yourself. Like, mm -hmm. how, 
you're able to be vulnerable and authentically you when you're connecting with people, right? So the, the drill behind this is what I call your connecting core. Okay. Would you like to hear the elements of the yes, connecting core? Yes, please. Okay. I call it the safe. S-A-F-E. I'll do it in reverse order because it's more dramatic that way for your listeners. Oh, that's a good mnemonic device. Okay, I like so that. Yeah. the E okay. is the power of empathy. It is the mm. ability to sit in the shoes or stand in the shoes yep. of another individual and see things from their perspective. So this has to do with connecting and networking with people. Imagine whether you're learning about someone's business or you want to network and do business with them as a potential partner or whether you're looking to date that person. Yes. You have to see things from their shoes. What's their world like right now? What problems are they dealing with? Where are they coming from? What's their environment today? What's their history been? What are their circle of friends and colleagues and families that are important to them or the closest in them? And getting to understand what that looks like in their shoes, that ability to empathize, all starts from one really important skill, and that's the ability to listen. You have to go on to a date and be able to be empathize and listen and ask great questions to understand. Hey, did you Kimberly. say something? Exactly. See how good and well done, Kimberly. But I'm bumped. Obviously, I yeah. wasn't really connecting with her. <laughs> I'm sorry. I lost focus. Yeah. No, listening is huge. And I mean, I, we hear this all the time. Mm -hmm. But I think the way that you're saying it is really true because if you're truly listening to the person in front of you and not what's going on in your head. Right. That's the biggest difference because people will say, oh, I'm listening, but they're not really connecting with what they're listening to. This is focused listening. You're, you're, yes. you're a coach. We call this listening level two. Yes. Where the only thing that matters is the person you are having the conversation with and mm. what they are saying. It's about you, in your case right now, me listening to you um, or your listeners listening to me. Uh, but not about myself. I don't care about anything else that's going around. The music in the background, mm -hmm. the people walking near us in the Bowery, Spider-Man staring at us on the side <laughs> over there. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but, but all of this is the first part. Because here's the important part. Mm -hmm. You can't just listen and have the power of empathy and be a master connector. It's one of the elements of connecting. Mm -hmm. Moving up around the, the letters of safe, let's go to F. A fearless mindset. Ooh. Okay. This is stepping through fear into courage, moving through your fears into courage. And why this is the biggest challenge and probably the biggest thing that your clients face is they have all of these limiting beliefs. And I call limiting beliefs the lies that we tell ourselves that are embedded in a real fear. Fear of maybe being alone, fear of it not working out, fear of letting somebody down, fear of whatever rejection. it is, rejection, all those things. So what's really important and this is an exercise that I do with even my business clients as they recognize what are their fears. They have the same fears. Mm -hmm. They don't like being rejected. And we have to spin these fears on its head. We have to take each fear and figure out, okay, what are the fears that matter to me? And I actually have them write down their biggest fears. And I actually literally have them stand on them. We write these in little cards in fun workshops. Oh, I like that. We stand on the fear. So I'll, lit I'll literally let them wear that fear and say, what does it feel like? Tell me where it hurts. Tell me where you physically feel it. And I will push that fear, by the way, literally make them be like, you know, a fear of rejection. You can't win any business. You're being turned down by everyone you go out with. Everyone you call, no one wants to. No one's swiping whatever direction you swipe. And I guess right. <laughs> right. No one's swiping right when they want to get you. Yeah. All of those things are key fears. You have to understand what that fear is because you have to know what it is and you have to give it a name. So you have to mm. identify that near because to move through the fear, you have to say, what can I do to spin that fear on its head? By the way, my fear is mediocrity. 
It's a word that I cannot stand. I do not want to be average. I'm always striving to be above mediocrity. I can't, average to me is, the, is like failing. What scares you about that, by the way? I am a high performer. I always want my people to do the best. So if I'm not performing at my best and I'm just being average on a certain day, then I'm not living up to helping people thrive. That's a fear that I have. Now, what I do realize is to spin that fear on its head, that mediocrity is still better than half the people out there in the world. Just call it what it is. It's average. And maybe my level of average is just a bouncing point or somewhere to me to work on a skill because we can't be the best every day, but it's something for us to strive. So my level of mediocrity gets moved up every single day because I keep raising the bar with everything I do. Wait, I have a big question on this because this this is something that confuses a lot of people because I talk about, you know, how perfection can paralyze you too, mm-hmm. right? And so how do you distinguish what you just said versus somebody who is always constantly striving for perfection? Because that also can be like a little bit paralyzing. Go back to that fear of rejection piece. Mm-hmm. What I always tell people about the fear of rejection is you will be rejected more times than accepted. So an important thing here is I actually want you to get to know faster. I want you to fail faster. I want you to learn from those fears faster because the faster that you fail, the more quickly you're going to get to the successes and you're going to be absolutely yes! amazing. Yes. Okay. So in being mediocre, it's no yeah. different. It's, it's a little level of failure because it ever, all fears, by the way, we wouldn't be human if we didn't have two fears, right? I call them the deathbed fears. Like, you know, you've lived your whole life. You're sitting in the deathbed. Hopefully you have a whole bunch of loved ones around you. And this is all you care about. Was I loved was I appreciated? Mm. Those are the only things that matter. Otherwise, we're not human beings. So every one of those fears kind of drills down to that. But when it comes to, in my case, mediocrity, and I'm moving that bar up, I'm not so obsessed with constantly raising the bar and hitting that, making everything perfection. I'm actually trying to, excuse my language on your show, fuck up. Yeah. Because I want to take risks. I yeah. want to fail in certain times because I'll learn from them and be better the next time. So mediocrity, in my case, is my fear. But everyone has their own fear that they hold back. I write the fear down on a card and I stick it on the most visible place I can and say, are you taking the steps to move through this today? Every day. And I encourage everyone to do this. And whether you're dating, whatever that fear might be, ask yourself, I'm afraid to get out there because I might not find the right person on the quick thing. I'm like, good, because you're going to have to go through a lot of people until you do it. Totally. Oh, my God. You know what this reminds me of is there's a woman I'm working with and literally I was on the phone with her just this week. And she was getting so bogged down with, like, one bad date after another, Mm. and she was going to give up, you know? And she's like, I don't want to go out with that guy because that guy has this. I don't want to go out with that guy because that guy has this. I said, you're looking at it all wrong. I said, you should go towards that guy because he has this you should go to that guy because because it's only then when you try on these guys for sizes that you're gonna truly know what you want and what you or what you don't want and what you don't want yeah absolutely what fits so so all this in in finding the right business partners finding the right clients finding the right growth model finding the right team to hire finding the right people to find as your love partners in whatever way it is it's all the same because connecting is the same it's just a different angle and a different message you're utilizing. Would you like to hear the other two letters? Yes, please. And I'll blend them together to make it easy, okay? So okay. we have an A and an S. So S-A-F-E, right? We did the mm-hmm. F for fear. We did the E for empathy. Mm-hmm. The A is for authenticity, which we talked about a little bit earlier on here. Right. But the S is important, and it's very embedded in this. And this is your superpower. I call oh. it your super why. 
Everyone yes. has a superpower. So you asked yes. me earlier, does everybody have this ability to connect? Can everyone connect? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There are some people, their superpowers actually might be this quiet confidence or they're brilliant at what they do with their work, or they're, they're more of an internal person and they're very one-on-one -on -one and they don't like crowds. Mm -hmm. um, but their superpower is something that we all wanna get to know. Here's the real truth, Kim. You know why all these superhero movies are doing so well in the theaters as we look at one of them over there? <laughs> do you know why? Why? We love superheroes. We are attracted to their story we don't want to know how they became super, when they learned their abilities. All those episodes that show, how did Spider-Man figure out when he could climb walls? When did the Hulk turn green and so super? So true. When did, when did Thor have the ability to yield the hammer? When did all of these Superman learn that he had all this stuff? We love superheroes because superheroes are the inner superness of us. They embody that thing that each of us wants to know inside, whether it's a little kid wanting to fly or climb buildings. Yeah. No, what it really is, is it's us wanting to achieve our dreams. And we all are really good at something. And if we are authentic and pair that together with our superpower and be honest for who we are, tell our, our limits. We're not everything to everybody. We're, we've got certain niches for who we really are, what we like, what we don't like. You don't like country music. I kind of like that about you because you're open about it. Because if you told yeah. me, hey, Lou. I, I really, like everything you like. I like everything you like. And then all of a sudden you're at a country music thing and you're not looking happy, then you're not really I'm authentically not being you. Imagine the power you would have if each and every day you flex this connecting core, those mm -hmm. muscles that I talked about, that's safe, and you flexed it. How attractive you would be when people see your superpower, that you're authentically you, that you're fearless in everything you do, and that you empathize with the other person. That would be one awesome person to hang out with, wouldn't it? Oh, my God. Amazing. And you know what I love about this metaphor, the superhero, too, because it relates to a lot of the things that I talk to my clients about, is that what usually gives you strength, like in superheroes, it comes from adversity. Yes. Like all those stories, no one became a superhero because their life was great in the beginning. Right. Like it was always something that they, you know, kind of inspired to be or they got motivated in some way because of the adversity they went through. And what I also love about the whole costume idea, too, of the superheroes is that we, we can be one superhero and have many different costumes for the sure. different parts of us, and it's still authentically us. Yes. So Clark Kent is still Superman. It's actually my, that's my favorite analogy of all, by the way, because really? I think, well, because uh, they, they, they talk about it in the movie Pulp Fiction a lot, too. It's uh, the, oh. not Pulp Fiction, um, Kill Bill Volume 2. Kill Bill. Remember, oh, I remember that movie. Remember yeah. the end where he talks about the uniqueness about the the... Um, mythology of superheroes and, and one of the things about Superman like Batman is Bruce Wayne dressed up as Batman and uh, Peter Parker puts on the suit and he's 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 Spider-Man but Clark Kent when he wakes up every day he's Superman the costume that he puts on is Clark Kent yes which is kind of interesting because it's a perfect analogy because he is always super and he's always amazing he may have to represent himself in different ways to other people because it, the different occasion calls it what they wear to work what they wear on the date I guess what they wear in the bedroom. Any of those <laughs> or things. one in the same. Exactly. All that being said, it is that ability to know that, you know, he fights for truth, justice in the American way, right? That's what we love about him. Yes. That we know his superpowers and what his belief is and what his core is and authentically who he is. There's a dude who's a master connector on his own way because we all connect with him. What we're trying to do in life is connect with other human beings mm -hmm. in that same way. And we're always trying to ask those questions to understand what is your superpower? That's what dates are about, right? What do you Completely. do well? What do you love to do? What do you hate to do? Once you understand what somebody's safe is and you're able to communicate yours really strongly and you're able to read and understand someone else's, 
you got yourself a connection. I actually think that's a great date question. Like if you, if you could be a superhero, who would you be? Like, you know, like you get a lot out of that question. I'm kind of leaning towards Wonder Woman because I love the invisible jet. Oh yeah. I want the invisible jet. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be. (laughs) Well, so I, I think I'd want to be with Wonder Woman. You I would think, be I'll, with I think Wonder well, Gal Gadot is not so bad. I think, she's know. amazing, oh, right? Yeah. Like I say that she's kind of like she's almost too good to be true. at its best, like the 2.0 version. I, I always call. I love that whole Wonder Woman. Um, okay, but wait, we have another um, letter left. No, we did S A F E. Oh, we did. Authenticity, we did. Oh. superpower, sup- your super Y. Okay. Your authenticity, your fearless mindset, oh. and your empathy. Yes. Power of empathy. That's your safe. Oh, awesome. I love that. I'm I really like, done. you know, just something that people can think about. This applies to everything, honestly, mm-hmm. to dates, to life, to work. When we recognize this. Well, let's go back to the very beginning. You cannot thrive as an individual with truly powerful connections. Yeah. So once we learn how to connect, we can then thrive. So that's that's kind of why I wrote the book. That's why Thrive mm-hmm. is about what it is. That's why the Thrive Loud podcast connects the most amazing people to those that are thriving each and every day, and to our listeners who can get a feel for why does that person thrive? What is their superpower? What do they do? If you remember when I interviewed you, the question I asked you, you know, when you're having an off day, what do you do to like recoup yourself? And what is your like meditation of what you do? Those are the things that people care about. And when we learn these things, Mm -hmm. we grow. Yes. Yes. And actually that leads me to my last question because I want to talk about the podcast. Your podcast is so awesome and you've interviewed amazing people. <laughs> I do you have, can you tell like maybe one or two stories of some interviews of people that really impressed you who thrived and maybe some things they shared too. So, I, okay. So Thrive Loud is, uh, you can go, we'll put it in the plug section. Yes, absolutely. We'll do, we'll do all that. Yes. Thrive Loud, thriveloud.com. Uh, it's thrive loud, like you're being very loud. Uh, we've had a lot of guests and I got to tell you, what's really funny is I've met a lot of famous people through the show, former athletes, uh, very successful business entrepreneurs, people who've started amazing companies. I'd say what's interesting is this. I'd say that when I go into the interview, you know, when I go to meet a famous person, like I, I got to meet one like of my- Like me? Like I just, well, <laughs> you, I was dying to learn. Like I wanted to know your story. And, yeah. and and you're a great communicator and you've got a great brand and and you're also super because you have a real strong sense of who you are and your story. Your journey is really super. I love hearing those. Those are great because like any other listener would like that. So I would actually argue that many of the guests, the mm-hmm. uh, 400 some of my guests we've had on the show, are all unbelievable in their journey and knowing their story. And the ones that you've never heard of before that you might have listened to the show are the ones that always get me the most. Yeah, I've got a couple of ones of those I'll put in aside, but I've, I've had some famous ones too. I've had Mary Carrillo on the show, famous broadcaster, and Mike Richter from the New York Rangers, uh, Jamal Mashburn, former NBA player, who's an mm. unbelievable businessman. Um, the list goes, Lisa Lampanelli and so many others that we've had, which are really fun. We actually have uh, Shannon Elizabeth is coming on in December, which nice. is kind of cool. Well, I'm going to give you two stories that have always stuck with me since I did the show. Um, one, uh, we'll go with, I'm trying to figure out which one. I'll, I'll go with one of my favorite business stories, mm. um, Sue Bryce. Sue Bryce is from New Zealand. She's an amazing photographer really incredibly talented, but recognized that her skill was not being a photographer. She took great pictures, yes. Her skill 
was running a photography business and educating others how to run a really good artistic business. So her story and her following, she runs something called Portrait Masters, mm -hmm. which is this amazing event that takes place in Los Angeles, I think twice a year, where artists, photographers, uh, videographers, people in that realm, everyone goes to this event to learn how they can grow their business and be part of her e-learning business. She's made a million dollar business off of her passion of photography, hmm. but really it's her process and her expertise and her and her education or your learning business has become an incredible story. That's the one I was like from an entrepreneur point of view, like when you hear it, you're like, that's incredible what you've done. And, the, and she's just one of many. Yeah. Um, Travis Mills would then be the next one. Travis Mills will tell you he had a bad day at work. Travis uh, lost three limbs in, mm. in um, Iraq during the Gulf War and literally started off the show basically saying, well, Lou, I just want you to know I had a bad day at work. I'm just kind of like Iron Man. I've got a bunch of mechanical pieces on and a different leg of different things and, and uh, all these different things enable me to be super. He's the most normal guy you'll Great ever meet in your entire too. life. Mm -hmm. Father of one, he was literally ru running out of our um, meeting to go take his kid to... Uh, to gymnastics practice or something like that, and is the most regular guy in the entire world who has such a physically difficult story. And he goes around speaking all over the place. And what got me about that interview was, this is a guy to who his core was such a good guy even before this terrible accident, but mm -hmm. you realize he became even better from it. And he is an inspiration to everybody. And he's one of those that you listen to, and if you're not welling up in tears, you're just going, oh my God, and just so unbelievable. That what a great perspective for a super guy. He even, at the end of the show, I said, you know, what's one of your favorite things to eat? And he says, you know, they have this great cheesesteak around here. They call it um, the T-bomb, because his name's Travis and the T-bomb, yeah. It's so hot, it'll knock your arms and legs off. And this is what he says oh, on the show. And I'm God. like, oh my God. <laughs> and he that. says it, and he's like, but well, this is how you have to know it. It's that perspective on life, a little bit of laughter, a little yes. bit of humility, but also understanding what's really important, yeah. and that's his family, and that he's alive. He didn't lose everything that day. He lost some things. Yeah. And that is the perspective we all should have each and every day. Those are the stuff that just get me, and the show makes me go, that's why I keep doing the show. That's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. I was going to ask for parting words, but that that was that was pretty powerful right there. I'll, I'll give it right there. Be brief, be bright, be gone. That's how I sign off my, nice. I think I should live life that way. And I think we should all try and do it and listen to those around you that can really make you thrive and make your world better. Because that's why we're all here. If we all do that, just think how much better the world will be. Awesome. How can people find you? Thrive Loud everywhere in social media. Like yeah. we're on Instagram. Everywhere. Go follow us on Instagram. Um, I'll give a gift to your listeners here. Okay. Uh, the first five listeners that say I heard him on the uh, Charisma Quotient show, I will send a copy of Master of the Art, Art of Connecting Ooh. for free. So the first five that do it. So generous. We have some way to do That's that. That's awesome. And you can go to thriveloud.com to learn more about me and my speaking and all the stuff I do for Thrive and the podcast as well. So thanks for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kim Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, make sure you go to my site, seltzerstyle.com. And if you were listening to this and realize that motivation is getting in your way, especially this time of year, I have a challenge for you that will kick you in the butt. I'm excited to announce, if you haven't heard it already, by popular demand, that I'm doing a another round of my 14-day flirt and femininity challenge, and it's starting December 11th. This is a private group of women where I give you a challenge online every single day 
as a group to motivate you to flirt. Because let's face it, if you have any fears or hesitation around flirting whatsoever, you definitely need some accountability and direction to do it. It's super fun. It's right on time to practice during all of those holiday parties I'm going to make you go to, by the way. (laughs) And they have been super successful. Women have not only been getting their mojo on, but they've been getting boyfriends out of this. Okay. So I hope you join us and you can join us by clicking on the link you see in the show description and stay tuned until next week with more tips on how to feel and look fabulous every day.